Hello and welcome back to the show. This is episode number 165 and in this episode we are going to talk with Carrie Olson on some of the ways technology can help farmers no matter what farming practices they are using. Every day there are phenomenal advancements happening in the field of agriculture technology. The team at Audio Equipment Company, along with respected, knowledgeable industry experts, are here to bring you the latest in ag tech news, information, and products that help today's growers solve challenges. Welcome to the show, Carrie. First off, let's just hear a little bit more about you and how you got to where you are today. Sure. I'm a fourth generation farmer here in Holly, Minnesota. I farm with my dad, Rob, and we produce corn, soybeans, and spring wheat. We are fully no-till, and we've been experimenting with cover crops for about seven years now. I got my degree from North Dakota State in 2018 in Ag Econ with a minor in crop and weed. And yeah, came back to the farm as soon as I was done with school. Awesome. So let's dive into the show right away, Carrie. So your dad started farming with his father, or maybe it was even before that. Yeah. A unique part of our farm is we actually farm both of my dad's grandparents' land. So my gram- grandma's great. Now, my grandma's grandparents, they homesteaded in 1872 out in Roll Log, which is about 10 miles southeast of here. And then my great grandparents bought some land just west of town here in the 30s. And then my grandpa came out of the service, bought the main farm in the 60s. Uh, dad came out of college in the 80s. You know, interest rates were high, job market was tough. So he came home and farmed and bought some land and they formed the corporation we have today, Robert Olson Farms in 2000. And yeah, so now I joined about 2018 was when I became full-time and I'm, we're per- currently in the process of me purchasing the corporation. So there you go. Exciting. Handing over to the fourth generation. Yeah. I think you said that's pretty awesome. Yes. So you talked about in your intro, you mentioned the fact that you guys are fully no-till. Let's talk before we get into the technology that you guys use on the farm. Talk a little bit about the process of moving no-till. So it no-till farming is kind of it a long unique. Process. Yeah, it's yes. kind of unique, especially in this area. Yes. So in the in the Red River Valley or on the outer edges of the Red River Valley, uh, no-till is not a common practice in this area. Nope. So let's just very briefly go through, you know, why why did dad make that decision to go to no-till and and when did that all start? When did it happen? Yeah, he started the process about 18 years ago. Uh, his dad and him were arguing over uh, the perfect soybean bed um, following a corn crop and they just felt that each tillage pass they were making was making the ground worse. And so he had done some research and heard of some local farmers, you know, more, I guess, in North, North Dakota, um, experimenting with no-till and making it work. And so he's like, let's give it a try. And they did on their soybean ground and it worked. You know, they got that desirable seed bed, but they also had lower inputs. You know, they were maintaining their profitability. And so it was kind of a no-brainer for them. And so they stuck with that. And then I think about 10 years ago is when they switched to wheat. I think that was about the time they invested in a no-till drill. And that really made a difference. Um, Quite an investment, but probably the best decision he's ever made. And then the last step was corn. And I think a lot of where some of the technology that we use on our farm comes from is we did strip till for three years prior to converting to no-till. And so a lot of, you know, keeping the rows straight and things like that is kind of where the technology hopped on. But 
uh, we just had to go full no-till when we lost some of our labor and got out of pigs. And so that's kind of when we made the jump. Yeah. So there's, you mentioned a number of different things that one, it's a, it's a long-term process. It's not just a, Hey, let's try it for a year or two. This is a a commitment, long-term commitment. And you talked about 18 years ago, mm-hmm. and then there was a time frame of 10 years ago with another crop. So it it's not just something that you're going to dive in, try for a year or two. It's, it's gradual. Yeah, you, gradual, long-term. And then you talked about, and that's perfect segue right into the next conversation, is talking about some of the technology. And you mentioned strip till prior to going full no till you guys were doing strip till for a number of different reasons but um the technology being utilized so the first one auto track so auto track it's common on a lot of farms or mo- I shouldn't say most farms there's still a number of farms that don't utilize it but it's more common today in agriculture than it was 10 15 20 years ago but auto track isn't, I mean, it's not just driving straight for you guys. There's more to it than that. So let's talk a little bit about how auto track is important for you guys on your farm and, and what it means. It's not just the factor of driving straight. There's more to it than that. So let's dive in a little bit more about no-till farming specifically and the benefits to utilizing auto track. Yeah. I think one of the things I admire most about my dad and my grandpa is they were always, you know, one step ahead or thinking ahead of what the movement's going to be or, you know, progressing before the change. And so that was one of the first, I think, big pieces of technology he implemented was auto track. And, you know, he had a two track tractor and that was the only thing they could put it on at that point. So he had that in the nineties. But anyways, we practice controlled traffic on our farm you know everything's on 40 feet everything drives on the same tracks and so for us it's it's we want to limit the compaction to just those areas on the farm and so our grain cart you know they're only allowed to drive on those tracks we're very particular on um, eliminating um, that compaction in other areas because in soil health if you have compaction, you eliminate that pore space, you know, where water can infiltrate in air, but also where our microorganisms are. And, you know, they help fix nitrogen or they use scavenge nutrients. And if they're not helping us, if we're destroying their environment, then they're not helping our plants grow and we're not having that healthy soil. And so that was huge for us. Um, you know, we do see some sidewall compaction on some of those um, tracks, things like that. Um, but also a huge part of no-till, which... <laughs> I'll admit that this is pretty stupid of me, but I did not know what a marker was because I had been in no-till and that's all I've ever known. And so my dad said that auto track eliminated the use of markers because you can't see where a marker goes in a no-till field. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That, and that's actually really cool. I never thought about that, that yeah, putting a marker down in no-till isn't really going to do a whole lot for you. So, um, there's many benefits to it. And again, the general agriculture population, they, they think of auto track as just driving straight, making sure our rows are straight. One of the things I think is really unique with you guys is that controlled traffic, even the grain carts. So when the grain cart is loaded or empty, they are on specific lines, specific tracks. They're not just kind of willy nilly all over the place. Yes, that's huge for us. That's not, I, I wouldn't say some, no, I shouldn't say that. Some conventional tillage farms do practice controlled traffic, but, um, it's not, it's not common. Mm -hmm. So 
we also only take like half loads on the grain cart like we're very particular and i you know growing up running the grain cart i didn't understand why dad was so picky but i definitely do now yeah but in like another part of auto track you know i think a lot of people think oh we just sit there and let that you know it drive us all day and we don't do anything but having that auto track has allowed me to focus on other parts of you know the combine or the planner you know where we can make sure that we're planning you know the same depth and you know that the spacing is um good or you know residue management behind the combine or the settings making sure we're getting a clean sample and things like that it's just allowed me to have not to focus on just driving but focus on you know efficiency of the piece of equipment absolutely there it's just so much more than just driving straight there's there's a lot of pieces that go into it and no matter the type of farming practices you're using whether you're conventional till your no-till your strip till doesn't matter what you're doing auto track can benefit you in many different ways the next thing i want to dive into carrie is variable rate seeding so you guys are using variable rate seeding across the farm for uh, multiple different crops Let's talk a little bit about that and why it's so important, again, in your no-till practices to make sure you're getting the right population of seed in the right areas. Yeah. So we variable rate seed our corn and our soybeans at this point. Um, We actually pull, we do our own maps. And so we pull our information from the previous years for um, yield for corn, or we do a combination of yield and topography for soybeans. But it's just making sure we get the right amount of seed in those right areas, you know, making sure that we're being cost effective and maintaining that profitability and being efficient as as efficient as possible on our acres. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how we've utilized the operations center is making our own prescriptions every year. Um, And another thing, I guess, is um, because we are no till and we do some cover crops, being able to pull that information, yield information and and see our trials that we've done with these cover crops, you know, is this clover adding maybe some nitrogen that we're picking up on, or uh, maybe, you know, we need to do something different because we're losing a little bit of yield here or um, different things like that. You know, where we've been experimenting planting corn with the drill. And um, so being able to record that information of all these trials that we're doing is huge. Yeah. So that's a big thing. So the the variable rate seeding. So there again, no matter the farming practices you're utilizing or tillage practices, variable rate seeding can play a beneficial role. And then having moving to that next step. And the, the next thing I want to talk about was the operation center, collecting that data, knowing where you're benefiting, knowing where things are hurting. Again, it doesn't matter if you're conventional till, no till, strip till, minimal till, whatever you want to do, this is all going to benefit you. So let's let's talk a little bit more about utilizing the operations center, what how much data you guys are collecting and how you're utilizing that. So one of the ways you're utilizing it is to build those prescriptions, those variable rate prescriptions. What are some other ways that that you're able to utilize the operation center and the data collected to make educated decisions for the years to come? I would say a lot of my seed decisions come from the operation center. We record all of our data from the previous year and I, I take it out and what we do in the corn planter, at least, is we do side-by-side trials. So half the planter has one variety, half has the other. And usually they're the same, you know, different companies, but same maturity. And so we, you know, compare them and then we'll choose, you know, maybe that one for next year and then compare it against another. And so we're always trying to get the best um, varieties out there. Um, so things like that. 
Yeah. So that's, again, a lot of different ways to utilize the the operation center. One of the things I know prior to, to us talking about recording this podcast, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have a skewed perception on no-till farming, that it's a very basic way of farming. You don't utilize technology. You don't have, um, let's say, new or current equipment. They they might think of it as maybe a lazy way of farming because, well, hey, I don't have to till the ground. I just seed it and combine it. That's it. Um, it's That is exactly why I wanted to record this episode is because I wanted to kind of squash that bug. There is a lot of benefits to utilizing ag technology, no matter the farming practices. So are there any other types of equipment or any other technologies that you guys are utilizing that definitely plays a role in your no-till farming practices? Yeah, I would say two huge things would be section control number one. You know, that has allowed us to control our costs, but also, you know, avoid overlapping and things like that. And our other one is, you know, we've made quite an investment in a PowerCast tailboard spreader just because if you want to do no-till, it starts the year before and you got to get your residue management, but not only, you know, spread it the full 40 feet, but spread it evenly or we're going to have issues the next spring. Um, So those have been two, two huge things for us. Yeah, that's, I'm really glad you said that because that is one of the things that I tell people, you know, you ask the question of when does the cropping season start? And most people say, oh, spring tillage pass or mm-hmm. when I put the seed in the ground. But it it is very, very true that seeding or, or the crop season for next year begins with the combine pass. Yes. And doesn't matter what that combine is harvesting, but how it's harvesting it and how you are placing that residue or how you're managing your residue. Yes. So making sure, so with a, a, an advanced power cast tailboard or whatever you're doing, making sure, and I actually did a, an episode on residue management back a, a few episodes ago, making sure your residue management lines up with the width of your head and other things like that. Mm-hmm. And in no-till, you made the comment that residue management is even more important because you need to make sure that it's getting spread evenly and, and you're not balling up in certain areas. Yes. Little less forgiving with conventional tillage, obviously, because you're coming with one or two or maybe even three tillage passes to kind of spread that out. But you guys aren't doing that. Yeah, we don't get that opportunity. So having that residue management at the back of the combine is very vital to what you guys are doing. So really cool to hear that story. And then a section control too. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned section control is very important for your farm. Um, Much like a conventional uh, tillage practice or conventional farming, it, again, very important to reduce the input costs, making sure you're not overlapping, making sure those seeds aren't competing. Now, the last thing I just want to ask you, Carrie, is, is there any kind of a success story that you'd like to share with us? Maybe it was a piece of equipment that you purchased like the, well, the combine, you're, I believe it's it's new on this combine, so you won't, uh, you haven't gotten to see it yet, but uh, is there any other piece of equipment that made a very large impact in the farm or maybe a tech piece of technology that made that impact? Is there anything on the farm like that? I kind of alluded back to that with the 1890 air drill that my dad had purchased, you know, years ago, but now we have the 1895 and that is by far my favorite piece of equipment on the farm. You know, just like all of this technology that we've talked about, I'm all about efficiency and, you know, having a piece of equipment that can do multiple jobs is 
I, that's my favorite. You know, it, it's our that's our seeding tool. It does our soybeans and it does our wheat. It's our fertilizer tool. It's our cover crop tool. Um, so I'm all about having things that can do multiple things. And that's maybe why I'm trying to get away from the corn planters because the corn planter just does one job. And being, we're not, you know, a huge farm. And so if I can, you know, become more profitable by running one machine and keeping that machine up to date and keeping efficient, um, that I'm all for it. So yeah, that is awesome. And it, it's really unique. I heard you mention earlier in the episode here that you guys are experimenting with putting corn down with the air seeder. Really unique uh, uh, operation for the air seeder. Um, I'm curious to see what the outcome of that is going to be and, mm-hmm. and how it's going to how it's going to kind of progress from here. But yeah, you're absolutely right. The the no-till, uh, single-disc, no-till drill or, or air seeder, 1895, what you guys have now, a very versatile tool. You're yes. doing your seeding, you're doing your fertilizer, your cover crops. Mm-hmm. You can use it for many different operations. So I would agree with you. That is probably a very, very crucial tool on yes. your farm. So... The last thing I want to ask you, Carrie, um, with the knowledge you guys have, you've been doing no-till for 18 years on the farm. If somebody is curious about no-till operations or maybe dabbling in strip-till operations, things like that, what are some resources? Where can they go? Who can they talk to to learn more about some of these um different types of farming practices outside of conventional farming? I would say a lot of it comes down to building a network, um, going to a lot of, attending a lot of meetings, you know, meeting people, but also um, NDSU does a great job. I work a lot with uh, Dr. Abby Wick up there and she not only has the information herself, but she has such a network of people that she can guide you in that direction. So I would definitely, definitely get in contact with her. I'm sure her information's out there. Yeah, I I would agree. The the contacts, the networks, I know there's a number of people all throughout the United States and I would imagine the world that are are making connections, sharing information. Um, you mentioned NDSU and Dr. Abby Wick, the the network of of soil health information mm-hmm. that's out there. They've done a great job. So uh yeah, great resources, a lot of people, extension agencies, things like that. So I just want to say thank you, Carrie, for taking the time to come in, sit down and chat with me about um, no-till farming practices and then why it's important to be utilizing some of the technology that you guys have to better these no-till practices. So thanks again for doing this. Thanks for having me. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show if you haven't already and share us with your friends. We're on many different platforms such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, SoundCloud, as well as many others. Drop us a review. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. And finally, don't forget to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch all of our latest videos on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. With that, thank you for listening to the show. We'll catch you on the next one.